It's Justin Stats, Reggie Johnson, Eugene Warren coming to you from the lovely city of Atlanta, Georgia. And Eugene, we have another 2023 edition of Kyrie wanting to be traded. Um, how do you feel about this trading situation? Now, well, as a matter of fact, before you go, let me just tell you, because yeah. this might be surprised some people who've been uh, a fan of the show, have listened to the show before. I thought first glance, this is the dumbest yet another dumb Kyrie thing. Like this is this is very stupid. You were almost to the end of the season with no noise, and here we go. You're screwing it up for yourself again. But now I'm the kind of person that with more information, I will adjust my my take on things. So now that I know that there's like three to four teams that would actually would actually pay him the money, then I mm-hmm. feel like now you're just doing what any athlete would do, force themselves out to get the money they want. Like now it, it becomes more normalized because – there's a few teams out there that would actually pay him the money. Now, you know, at first when you're thinking nobody's going to give you that money, which was closer to the time of those uh, comments. And when he had the issues with anti-Semitic issues that he was having, nobody's going to touch you with a 10 foot pole. So forcing your way out right around that time makes no sense because teams don't want those problems. But forcing your way out with teams with three to four more teams that are willing to pay you the money you're looking to get makes more sense to me. And I got to say that I don't. Uh, I, I I agree with both things. I agree with Brooklyn being like, there's no way we're paying you. And I agree with Kyrie saying, I want to be traded to a team that'll pay me. What are your thoughts on mm-hmm. the whole Kyrie situation? Well, I mean, I, I mean, again, from the, that was my first response, like years, like, oh, I rolled my eyes when I first like, oh, here we go again, the whole Kyrie. But I mean, he, and so it all came down to a contract, you know, he wants to be extended. He wants to, you know, he, so at least he's telling them, at least he looks like he wanted to stay in Brooklyn, right? So because right. I mean, a lot of times kind of pointed like he wants he he want to be there from you know, and and so at least at least I gotta say, at least the, the agent was trying to keep him there. It seems like he wanted to stay there. I mean, that's the reports, and they they couldn't come to terms on a contract negotiation. And again, if I'm Brooklyn, I'm kind of like, I I don't from all the headaches I've had from you the last three years, I mean, I don't want to pay you close to $50 million a season. I mean, that's, but again, I mean, to his credit, he's taking the right time to do it. Like you said, he's been on good graces. He's been a good teammate. His numbers are actually have been, have been up. So, I mean, kudos to him because he picked the right time to do it. It's not like he was, uh, you know, his his points and his assists were going down the drain. Like his his, his average has he he has been lighting it up since Durant has been injured, and and the team has been really good. They're number four in the in the East, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it you couldn't pick the better time to, to to throw this out. It's not like he threw out the anti-Semitic you know uh, tweet and then he's asking for a trade. Right. He he's kind of done his thing, kept his head down. What we all wanted, which we all love, we love watching Kyrie play basketball, and he's we playing great basketball. That side of he's, he's, he's playing, he's playing, and he's playing great basketball. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, again, roll my eyes at first, but then it's like, okay, it's all the they were trying to work on the contract uh, extension, but yeah, I, again, you, it's it's Kyrie's world. We're all just living in it. <laughs> right, waiting, <laughs> waiting for the next Kyrie story, which has given us so much content throughout the years. Um, right, y- you know. I, I 
I really think that maybe sometimes it's just time for a divorce, right? Sometimes you just can't come to an agreement and it's time to move on. And I think that at least for me, from my perspective, I am ready to move on from this story. Like it's a situation where Kyrie doesn't want to be in Brooklyn. We're kind of ending this season the same way we started it. He didn't want to be in Brooklyn at the beginning of the season. We're into another year, uh, calendar year and getting, uh, coming up on the all-star break and he doesn't want to be in Brooklyn as we approach the trade deadline, doesn't want to be there. And some people talked about this becoming a real possibility. Once the trade deadline started to get closer, that there would be more moves that things weren't necessarily settled in Brooklyn. And um, this just kind of substantiates that, I guess Kyrie doesn't want to stay. And he has a few other teams that are paying him. I'm out of here. Sorry. I'm not signing. If you guys won't sign me for more, or for more than a year at a time, which is, I think that that's the only way I would ever sign Kyrie. I would have to be a mm-hmm. year at a time because I just don't know about the next year. Um, right. But if a team is willing to jump out there and give you three to four years, if you're Kyrie, why would you not take it? And people that are knocking him for this, you don't think they would do it? Like, you would you really settle for what a year-to-year situation with injuries and all that other stuff versus the uh, security of a three- to four-year contract? I don't see why you wouldn't, especially if you're going to cities and situations that you like, there are going to be cities and situations of his choosing because if he goes somewhere and decides not to sign there, then that new place is screwed. There will have to be some uh, guarantees somewhat. Cause you saw this happen with Boston, right? He went to Boston was out of there pretty soon. So if you're a team that does trade for him, depending on what Brooklyn's asking price is, which has to be substantially lower now that he's leaving, right? He's already told them, I'm not signing with you. So you can get nothing a few months from now or get something now. If I'm a team that's negotiating right. with Brooklyn, I'm going to bring that up, by the way. You're not getting, I'm sorry, you're not getting another all-star for this guy because, for one, I don't know if he's going to sign with us long-term, and he's leaving you anyway. So we can just wait right. it out. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's the thing. No, you're great. You're right. And any team that, like, because we, we, the three teams we, I keep hearing are Clippers, Lakers, and, and, and Dallas, right? Those are three teams that are kind of just front and center. Oh, I'm sorry, in the, in the Phoenix Suns. All four of the teams have kind of said the same thing. So I'm, I'm with you. Like, if I'm trading for him, I want some assurance that he's going to, you know, he's going to resign with me. You know, I want some, like, okay, you're, if you're coming here, you're signing an extension right now. You're not waiting to, we're not going to this free agency dance. We're doing this right now. We're getting this contract knocked out right now. Because um, you're right. Because those teams, because, I mean, a lot of teams don't have the capital to trade. They're going to have to get the other teams involved. Like, the Lakers don't have anybody. Ooh, Russell Westbrook? Okay. No. Next. You know, the, so Lakers going to have to get another team involved. Dallas doesn't have anybody that, you know, that, that I'm pretty sure Brooklyn wants. I mean, the Clippers do have some good pieces, you know, that, that, that they can, you know, they can, you know, get Kyrie for, but, and then it's the Phoenix, you know, Phoenix, I, those are the Phoenix and, and, and uh, Phoenix and the Clippers, I think have the best, you know, have a lot of players to give back, you know, to give to the, to a team like Brooklyn. What do they, what, what do you I mean, they can they're, give? They're, like what, who can, who can come? Maybe from Phoenix, maybe you give up another DeAndre Aiden. Who else would you give up from Phoenix? Well, Aiden, you can't, I don't think Aiden can give up because he signed that contract. I don't think he'd be, I don't think he could be traded until the, the, until next year, until the summer. Mm. So they're going to trade him. So out. that's, so that's out. That. Who else would you get? I mean, yeah. at this point, if you're Brooklyn, you, you have a distressed asset. Like you kind of got to take what you, with, yeah. which you're given, right? Yeah, like, 
Right, but I could see like well, like the Clippers, like you know, they they have Jackson and they have Powell. Like those are two some pieces. two good players for sure, right. for sure. You and and you're getting nothing. You're comparing this to the zero you're going to get in the summer. Right. I mean that, that that's how you have to look at it. Well, like, I mean, we're not, you know. And let's just face it: if you're a West team, I mean, if you look at the West standings, and I just and I'm just I just looked up the Lakers where the you know they're. The number twelve or thirteen team right now, that and they are seven games out from the number three team, or sorry, the number four team right now. So they can make so a run, is what you're saying. They can make a. That's the thing. Any one of those teams can make a run. Like you've got uh, the Clippers, who I think were being number four, number five in in the West, and then you have the Mavericks, who are just sitting right there. So all those teams are lumped together. Because there's no, if you watch the way, I mean, Denver is probably, you're just picked, but I, I would, I mean, they, I don't trust their defense. And then you still got, and let's just face it, you cannot count. And I know we just got the news that Steph's going to be out for a little bit, but I mean, he'll be back in time for the playoffs. You can't, you can't count Gold State. So, but my thing is, if you're one of those teams, you've got to make your, your run with this. Cause this is, a, this is, a, the West is so wide open with the East. You kind of got a two or three headed monster right now. You know, it, it's kind of stacked. You know, it's it's heavily stacked at the, at the top for the East. Like it's it's a lot. Of, there's two or three good teams, and then it's a lot of like pretenders. In the West, there's like one or two, and there's a lot of guys. You, you not, I mean, pretenders not the right word, but you just don't know. You just don't know. So Kyrie just he, again, he just he changes every team in, instantly. Right? He puts them into that conversation. On any one of those teams. This is true. This is true. And I, I think this will get more interesting as time goes on. So we'll definitely be discussing this more after some trade happens, which I think now Brooklyn should make something happen because he's going to walk. And I 100% believe he's going to walk. So you need to do something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you need to do right. something and, you know, and try to get something now. Yeah. And you can see that they're wanting to do something because they're they're sitting in. Yeah, like man. They don't like want to get doing, any injury. Man, man, gift wrap them now. You know what time it is. Right. Bubble wrap it's time. It's a healthy scratch. Right? Exactly. So, this next story is very funny because uh, I sent you a, I sent you a article, an article here, about NFL fans that have entered a bidding war over a jar of sand taken from the exact spot where Tom Brady announced his retirement. Now, this, the bidding started at $667, and it was on eBay. And now the <laughs> sand is up to $99,000, okay? Now, when I sent you that That's link, insane. I was hoping maybe we see if we can get a group together or something. Maybe we could all split the sand. Maybe we can go in. Um, we all get our little jar. You know, we put in our few bucks here and get our little jar. It <laughs> didn't seem very receptive to that idea. Um so maybe the sand will go to somebody else. Now, the, the funny thing about the retirement sand to me is what, what are you doing with that? Like, could you imagine going to your buddy's house, right? And he's got that jar of sand on, on, a, <laughs> on a shelf somewhere, right? And you're like, hey, man, what's up with that sand? And you're like, hey, this is not any sand. This is Brady sand. And I paid 100 k for it. Right. I don't know at that point if that conversation was to ever happen, how I would feel about that person. How do I feel about you? Like, yeah, this is a jar of sand from a public beach that you're going to pay a <laughs> hundred grand for. 
Because yeah. Tom Brady sat, how do you even know? Is it authenticated by Tom Brady? Did he gather the sand? Was somebody there to gather the sand? Were they watching him and then ran over and gathered the sand as he got up? Like, yeah, so I saw like I once it happened, I saw where the purse because they how they figured it out was uh, the the building in the background. I see it, and they kind of figured it out right, and they they that's how they were able to to determine the I don't know the it's the they spot. triangulated yeah, his position, Eugene. So they did. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you're exactly right. It's not, it's not like you're walking into a friend's house and going. Like like you like when I walk into your place, you've got this that great um, picture of um oh who is it? It's is it Jim Muhammad, Brown? It's the Cleveland and, uh, Summit with Jim Brown, Brown, Muhammad Ali, Bill Russell. Jim Brown, right? That is like you walk into suddenly into your place. That's a, that that's like aesthetically pleasing. You see that like wow, that is a cool moment poster, right? Or mm-hmm. or frame picture. Um, and then and be like it would be like having that or like the, or maybe you went and bought like a hey man I got uh, a, a Super Bowl ring for one one of the players they were selling it or whatever. much rather that's have. a cool thing <laughs> right right or or you bought like and like a replica Jimi Hendrix guitar right? I've seen that one where the one yeah that he smashed or whatever mm-hmm. was like the pieces you had that like in, in like a glass case. That'd be cool. Very nice. You would want a jar of sand next to those three things. <laughs> you'd have to spotlight it, right? It had to be. You'd have to have the spotlight right. on it. It had to come with a plaque that you could also display yeah. next to it. Because at the end of the day, who's really winning here? The person that sold you sand from a public beach or yourself? Yeah, yeah. That's. I, I, I mean, we've seen some crazy things sold on the internet. This, I mean, this has a, this definitely tops the list. <laughs> So I sent this to a friend of mine and he asked me, he said, well, what do they get when he comes back next season? Like if he comes back next season, what what happens then? And I'm like, that's a solid question. Yeah. There is no return policy, man. These people who got the sand, they're getting ahead of this. They're like, you're not sending this sand right. back to us. You know, you're going to have to find uh, right. somebody else to buy it from you now. And I'm pretty sure it'll be at a loss. But I don't think Tom's coming yeah. back. You know, uh, uh, his his whole the, the wasting the, the essay on the first is pretty funny. That statement about him wasting the essay on the first. On his first retirement, I think a third would just get uh-huh. to the point where we'd be over you at that point. Like, and why? Why would we ever want to be over Tom? I, I mean, I understand why a lot of people hate Tom Brady because he's beat every NFL team. So I understand. And us here in Atlanta, we have extra reason to. But at the end of the day, yeah. he's a great quarterback, he's a great player. I'm a fan of the game, and I'm a fan of um, great players. And he is one. I don't think he's coming back, but you can never say never in these kind of situations. You know, whenever people do this right after the season, you got to wait till you're kind of sitting at home for a while, wondering what else you're going to do. Do you really have that fire still in you and stuff like that? But I think he's Mm -hmm. gone through this process Mm -hmm. before. So I don't think he's coming back. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. uh, Because, I mean, the first one we knew, I mean, is more like trying to leverage himself out of Tampa to get to Miami. There's enough intel. We already know this. It's not like that's a surprise. And this time, I mean, because it was pretty quick, right? I mean, within 48 hours, like Miami had already come out and said, "Hey, we're all in on Tua," um, and then we you know, we kind of got intel that uh, Brady and Sean Payton share the same agent, mm-hmm. and so I know there were links between those two. So you know, when he went to Denver, that kind of took that off the table. And and you're right. And he, let's just face it: this this year, uh, I, the reason I didn't think he was going to retire because I think, like I said, I. He was taking this season like I'm not going to get for this team. 
This is not a Super Bowl team. I'm not staying in the pocket. By the way, still with number three in the NFL and passing. Uh, so, I mean, for not for a guy who doesn't want to get hit, still able to like be number three in passing, which is freaking phenomenal. Yeah, he's not, so, he's not a bum. Yeah, yeah, I, but give it time, then we'll see. Because, like I said, was it like 40 days? Did he say retired last time? So let's let's wait till the season. Because I mean, you never know. Because like, how many teams do you like? Let's just say what what, what happens if two gets to the concussion and he's out for the year? Who's to say they can't just call a towel up and go, "Hey, you want to come and play? We got a team." And, and let's just face it, Miami's pretty ready made too. Like they like that. I mean, they probably fix some, probably get some more better offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. But offensive like weapons, weapons they got weapons. They got a good defense. They got pieces that like he can go in there and kind of be the other person. But I, like I said, I'd be I'd be really really shocked if, if there's anybody anything before the season. And like you said, I don't think he wants to be hated. I think he's he's what else? And then I think what else does he have to prove? Nothing. He didn't have yeah, anything to prove for years. <laughs> he hasn't right. had anything to prove for for years. You know, you've been to ten Super Bowls. You have nothing to prove, man. I'm sorry. You have nothing. You've won seventy seventy percent right. of those Super Bowls you've been to. So there yeah. is nothing else that you have to prove. Um, right. And you proved that you did without Belichick. Yes. So you did that when you went to Tampa Bay. Crossed off your so list. You got that. Cross that off your list. I mean, that'd be the only reason if he like went to Tampa and didn't win any Super Bowls. I could see him going well. I gotta be. I gotta get this monkey off my back, or, or I'm never gonna hear the end. Right, it'll be. Well, I couldn't do it without Belichick. My whole life type situation. Right, and let's just face it: that what three years that he was there, he took one Super Bowl and two playoff appearances. I mean, that's not a bad resume to, to end your career on with your your, your second team. Because most, I mean, most quarterbacks go a second team, and that and it's like it doesn't end well. <laughs> Yeah, so, and and I feel like this is as good as you can get, yeah. right? Like, there's uh, what uh, what else do you want at this particular point? And also, we talked about this before we got on like the the injury issues with your team that's going through these injuries. Your mm-hmm. team is getting older and older and more injured. Why would I go back to right. that? Why would I go back why, to that? You would. And right. why would I move cross country? My kids are here. Why would I move cross country? And like let, let's yeah. let's 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 settle down with, with a lot of that. Like I feel like if you could find a perfect Goldilocks situation where he could stay in his areas, keep stability for his children situation, and also be able to go to a team that's a contender, very healthy. You see what I'm saying? All yeah. the things that have to fall into place to make something like this right. happen. Um, I don't think will, but you never know how restless a guy will get. Uh, let's talk about the Super Bowl here. Because we will be doing this show the day of the Super Bowl. So um, I want to kind of get ahead of it and talk a little bit. First of all, shout out to, to my guy, my guy Jalen, making it to the Super Bowl. For one, it's a couple of different situations. For one, partial to me because I'm roll tied situation. And it's for people who feel like the Oklahoma fans who feel like Bama can't claim him. He's there. He graduated from Bama. He went there more years and he got a college football championship with them. I don't recall that Oklahoma college football championship ever happening. So... Yeah, I feel like I have every right to claim Jalen Hurts as a Bama, Bama quarterback, and in Devontae as well. So there's players on that team that I'm forced to be to root for the Eagles here, but I'm not rooting against the Chiefs because I love Andy Reid, and and there will be an amazing story there if he's able to go and stick it to the Eagles in the Super Bowl. It would be an amazing story. So if yeah, there was not Jalen <laughs> and Devontae playing for the Eagles, it, that's the only reason. And even when then I say 51% to 49, because I really have loved Andy Reid um, since he was with Philly. I think he's a great coach. Um, 
I thought Philly firing him. I told my mom because she sent me messages back in the day. She's like, hey, just Philly, just me and my mom have these conversations, by the way, for people. But I thought it's hilarious. We do have these football conversations. My mom sent me back in the day. She said, oh, yeah, you know, Philly just fired Andy Reid. And I uh, told her, I said, Mom, he's going to have a job in a, about an hour. So let, let's be looking for that new announcement here pretty soon because he's going to have a job very soon. Mm-hmm. And he's had the same one since then. So I've always liked the guy. Um, but I just like Bama better. You know, that's in the blood right there. I mean, my mom, of course, is going to be going for the Eagles. But it's very close. This isn't a situation where it's kind of like when Bama plays Georgia, right? When Bama plays Georgia. I'm not mad. I'm go- I'm rooting for Bama, but I'm not mad that Georgia wins. If that makes any sense to people, um, we like the Falcons yeah, playing the Steelers. I root for the Falcons, but am I mad if if Tomlin and the Steelers win? No, I'm not upset. Um, right. It's the same kind of situation here in the Super Bowl. I'm going to be rooting for Jalen and Devontae. I do think the Eagles have the better team, top to bottom, but you can't quantify what Patrick Mahomes is because he's freaking amazing. He's amazing. Like you yeah. can't. And if that defense plays anything like it played against the Bengals, which I feel like they're not going to have the same chip on their shoulder for the Bengals. It wasn't the Eagles calling you no know, Arrowhead, Burrowhead. It wasn't the Eagles that were, were being that right. disrespectful. I feel like the defense that had a little bit extra, like, hey, you're not going to come in here and have that conversation because when they're calling it Burrowhead, that's not a knock at the offense. It's a knock at the defense that you cannot stop this guy. He comes there. He owns you. And I feel like the team took that right. personally. You're not going to have that same motivation going in to play the Eagles. And I do think the Eagles are a better top to bottom team. Um, and what I'm really rooting for, my rooting interest is just a good game. I just want this to be a good game. I'm just rooting for not a blowout right. game. And I don't want this to be anything yeah. like the Eagles 49ers was, you know? Right, right, exactly. And and yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And again, I, again I'm not – I'm, it's, it's kind of I, I kind of feel the same way. I like if either team wins, I I would I would be happy for Jalen. I would be happy for you know just I just think I think it's a cool story. Uh, you know, losing his job to to and then transferring. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's not forget, dude was a Heisman finalist when he went to Oklahoma, and he took that team to to a uh, playoff. Yeah, to the chain, you know, to post football playoff. So he was no slouch when he was there, but you know drafting the second round like it's just a it's a great story it's a really cool story when and 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 like like i said it wasn't the thing with the eagles though it's all year and that's the thing i that's the thing i'm curious about they've been great about building those first quarter those first half leads and just hanging on to them and because they have a great defense so i'll be curious to see if because that's been their formula all year and and the thing with kansas city they played this type of team before they they played a good defensive team. They played great defensive teams and, and found a way to win. And then here's the thing: it's scary to have to give Andy Reid two weeks to put, to prep. You know that's that's a scary scenario. Okay, I, I'm going to give one of the greatest football minds two weeks to to prep the game. Right. So in, so and then he's going to he should have the majority of the weapons back for that game. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I just want a good. I, I want one of these Super Bowls to actually play out, like you know, like how the Buffalo Kansas City. I, that's what I want. Like that last year, that playoff game, man. I want a game like that. I want a game where everyone is going back and forth. Somewhat of defensive stops, but like like last year, like man, it, it took what like three, well, like I mean, the first quarter was okay, and then man, you kept dragging from the second and the third and. I think it's picked up in fourth. 
can I, can I just get a fifty to you know fifty one to forty nine finish uh, game? You know, can we get one of those types of games? That's what I want. I want fire. You know, just everyone just gunning it out there. But yeah, I'm with you. I want to blow out. I want I want to see both both teams play competitively. And but yeah, I'm with you. Any team wins, I'll, I'll be happy. Yeah, another thing too about the Jalen Hurts situation is it'll be the first time at least. I would have to go back there and see probably if you can count Steve Young in this conversation where you have a quarterback that can rush as well, that actually gets mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl and wins it. You know what I mean? Because that style of play, yeah. it doesn't really lend itself to a lot of winning uh, in the postseason. I think the right. major difference, if people were to bring up that with Jalen Hurts, the major difference is he can throw the thing too. Like, so the major difference between Jalen Hurts yeah. and like a guy who just depends on his leg so much is that Jalen Hurts can have 300-yard games. Like, it's it's not crazy. You know, Jalen Hurts can throw that right. thing down. His deep balls, uh, he's got a nice deep ball. So, even if he was to win this and you could say, oh, well, that style of quarterback is finally winning, I don't know if that would be respecting his arm enough to say that, to just call him a rushing quarterback. You know what I mean? Because he's definitely a rushing quarterback, but he's not getting 100 yards a game passing on average, you know, that when they beat the 49ers, people might look at that box score, but you're going to do what you need to do. If a team is, mm-hmm. if you're running all over a team, any coach worth his salt is going to keep running on you. That's how this goes in NFL. If we're going to run on you right. and you're not stopping that run, we're going to continue to run on you. So if the game right. gets to where his Super Bowl line is something like um, 80 yards rushing, 130 yards passing, a couple touchdowns, and but the Miles Sanders has a, has a game where he's got a, over 100 yards, and then Gainwell's got 50, and then Boston Scott's got 50, 75. That shows you mm-hmm. that the game script called for a running game, didn't necessarily call for right. a passing game. That's very different from a guy who cannot pass the ball. Because So there are some quarterbacks who've looked at in the past, and we've said they have to run because their passing game is suspect. Like they don't, They can't really pass the ball, and that's not something – it's not an issue you have with Lamar or Jalen Hurts. Like those are quarterbacks that can kill you either way. If you decide you want to try to take away one and slouch off, you're not going to be able to just keep eight in the box and feel like they they won't be able to make an adjustment. Jalen will definitely throw it over you. Um, so right. I would, would like to see that style of play kind of finally get over the hump too. So that would be nice. And we're going to move to a story here with um, very opposite. My, my feelings love fest for the Super Bowl because I love both these teams. Let's go to this Dallas yeah. OC hire and the exact uh-huh. opposite of a love fest. And talk about uh-huh. Brian Schottenheimer real quick. Okay. Let's talk about that real quick. Let's bring up this guy's resume because this is amazing to me. So we got a guy here and this is a tweet by Roger Sherman where he just brought up how horrible Brian Schottenheimer has been throughout the years. And yet again, he has managed to fail up. All right. So let's start yeah. 2001 quarterbacks coach. Washington Redskins, 28th ranked offense. And there's only 32 teams for people who don't know. San Diego Chargers, 2002 to 2005, quarterbacks coach. The only years of Drew Brees' career where he didn't look like Hall of Fame level. That's what Roger Sherman is saying now. We'll have to go back and look at that. But it wouldn't surprise me, being that Drew was in New Orleans after that. New York Jets, uh, 2006 2011, lasted there five years as an offensive coordinator. So wasted some of the NFL's best defenses is with Mark Sanchez. I feel like Mark Sanchez gets knocked a lot. I feel like he was okay. Um, and I don't know how much Schottenheimer could have gotten out of Mark Sanchez anyway, to be, if I'm being 100% honest. Uh, St. Louis Rams, 2012 to 2014 offensive coordinator. 25th, 21st, 
and 21st in offense. And that's the, these are the numbers that are bigger indictments um, because th- these are hard numbers. You were 25th one year, 21st one year, and 21st another year in offense. All right. Georgia, 2015 offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, 85th in offense. She's got Mark Rick fired. I don't really know about that. It's more of like, you know, just maybe somebody's opinion. But 85th in offense is something I do know about, and that's bad. So Indianapolis Colts, 2016 to 2017, quarterbacks coach, 30th in offense in 2017. Seattle Seahawks, 2018-2020, offensive coordinator. And he just says, didn't let Russ cook. Okay, you know, whatever. I would say, those, if I'm looking at this entire list, this is probably the better one for him. Um, because Russ right. wasn't exactly a bum in those years either. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, 2021, 32nd in offense with Trevor Lawrence. And the widespread dysfunction, I contribute more to Urban Meyer. Uh, passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach is what he was. Now, what is striking about this to me? Is for one, and I love his pops, Marty. I'm a Marty Schottenheimer fan, man. I like Marty throughout the years. Historic. I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame. Deserves to be, in my opinion. I love Marty Schottenheimer. Um, couldn't seem to get over the hump at times, but still, I like him. He was a good coach. Um, right. And it seems to me that it's amazing that he's been able to ride his dad's name because as I'm looking at this list, Eugene, he – Never had a year of unemployment. Like these are going from one year directly to the next, from two thousand five, yeah. two thousand six, right. and then from all from all the way from two thousand one up to now, where he is now the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator with twenty years of complete sub mediocrity. I was going to say mediocrity, but that doesn't do mediocrity. I'm not going to insult mediocrity like that. This is sub mediocrity. Um. What's going right. on here? I and mean, congratulations for him being able to ride that last name for 20 yeah. years. Yeah. And by the way, I looked at the uh, 2015 roster for the uh, the Bulldogs. He had Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah McKenzie, Nick Chubb, and Sonny Michelle on that team, by the way. Just, just, just a fun fact there. He, he had players in that team. Still so. 85th in <laughs> offense. Unbelievable, right? Right. Unbelievable. <laughs> and now he's, like, he's calling plays for Dallas Cowboys now. You felt like he's yep. a better option than Kellen Moore. I'm no Kellen Moore fanboy. I'll tell you that. But this is ridiculous. What do you? And you know what? Let yeah. me also say this too. This is something that when black people get upset about stuff like this that happens, this is one of the yeah. reasons we get massively of, upset exactly. about stuff like this. Because you look at this stuff like this, and you're like, "This is a guy who has been horrible, and has just done nothing but fail up." And this drives uh, people into culture. Absolutely crazy. What what are your thoughts on this? No, I mean, right there. I mean, that's the thing. It's not like, and if you've ever watched his offenses, it's been the same every place he's gone. He's not, his his offensive play is not very creative. I mean, at least with with Kelly, was it Kelly Moore? Is that that right from the offensive coordinator for Cowboys? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, At least he had creativity because, I mean, and it's not like where he's gone, he hasn't had players to be, to be creative. Because like, sometimes you see that, and well, like, like, like he, it's not like he was on the, the Texans in the past year. Like, right, the they weren't complete go. bums. They did make it. They did they, win they double-digit games and were in the playoffs. They weren't complete bums. Right. So you had pieces. You've had players around you to, to do different things. But you still choose to run uh, like an offense like you have the, the talent. That's the issue. He runs an offense like – 
I don't really have anybody. So I'm going to run this basic offense until, you know, just to kind of keep us in the game or keep the ball moving and, and, you know, all this, all this thing's happening. And so, yeah, it, it, that's the frustrating thing. And then, like I said, then you'll see Eric Bainemi, who's, again, I understand he has probably the best quarterback ever, right? He will probably go down. But, I mean, again, you have the, the enemy who can't even get hired for a can't even interview for a freaking NFL job. And he, has, and he runs one of the best offenses. And, and I think this year they did such an amazing job. They lost a big weapon. And they were still, hey, where were they ranked? And again, in offense, they were all in the top offenses this year. And where were they last year when they had, you know, Tyreek Hill? Still in the top offenses. They weren't so, 32nd, yeah. like like his offense. No, like he, when he was a passing not. game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Um, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just when I see stuff like that, I'm like, really? Like, I, it's like, go back to being something where you can learn. Like, like a, like, like, be a quarterback coach again. Like, pick up some, maybe you pick up some different things. You, you should know, have being, to have success there, Eugene, before you get a better be job. behind the scenes a little bit. Not being up front, seeing some different play calling. But, but yeah, that's what you went with. That was your pick. That was your, okay, we're moving. We want to get different. We want to be more creative. So, we're going to move off this offensive coordinator, Mike McCarthy. So, again, what you have is a you have a, a quarter, or excuse me, a coach, head coach. That's not very creative with play calling. And now you added an offense coordinator. So good good luck, Dallas. I, I feel sorry for you next year. <laughs> so good luck with that. Yeah. I'm going to watch that train wreck all year. Uh, unbelievable. Because at the end of the day, here's a, here's a guy who could have three straight years of success and still would have 20 of unsuccessful. Even if his next three are successful, you'd still be looked at as a career failure. And that's not, is that the guy you want to hire? A guy that can whip off this next three years and those next three years can be amazing. And you still would have had 20 out of the 23 years be horrible. Like, uh, I don't, I don't understand this. Uh, and maybe this is a situation where he just knows where the bodies are buried or just interviews greatly. I'm not sure. He must be an amazing interview. Um, uh, must be. Must be a great <laughs> interview. Shot <Schottheimer laughs> is getting him in the door. He's closing the deal. I got to at least give him that, but. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens here in Dallas. I don't, I don't, this is remarkable to me. Let's talk about D'Amico and Sean Payton real quick. And we'll close our show out with that. Um, oh, we might have to, we have, might have to add another subject to this, to the show after we talk about that. What's the subject? I don't know. I don't, uh, they, uh, was just traded. Who was he traded to? Uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. Good shot. Shout out to the Dallas yeah. Mavs. So breaking news here on this show. Um, and at the recording, this comes in uh, while we're recording this show. So we do the Kyrie trade at the very beginning of the show. Then we add the fact yep. that Kyrie is just traded to the Dallas Mavs. Uh, um, the, the biggest winner in that, in my opinion, what did they trade him for? They, did you have the details of the trade there? Yeah, it's a Spencer Dinwiddie, mm-hmm. uh, Doran Finch back to the back the to the round. Nets, by the way, because he yeah. came from the Nets, <laughs> a first round pick and multiple second round picks. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Because I personally, I think the biggest winner in that is going to be the Dallas Mavs organization to show Luka they're trying. At least we are trying, right? We are making an attempt. We're making an attempt to get you somebody here with you. I really feel like the Mavs, when I first heard this, that the Mavs were one of the teams, because those are the Mavs, the Clippers, the Lakers. um, It was only a handful of teams. 
But when I first heard it, I really felt the Mavs was the one that really needed it because when you look at the other stars on the other teams, I'm not sure how many places LeBron's really looking to go. He's going to probably chase the team where his son goes when his son gets into the league. Um, I feel like that's the only threat of LeBron leaving the Lakers. I don't feel like he really wants to leave. He's kind of settled there. And I don't feel like any of the other star players on these teams, besides your Kevin Durant situation, really just want to leave their teams. You know what I mean? Like, ever expressed any interest in leaving their teams. Luka has not expressed an interest in leaving Dallas, but we know how this goes when you are carrying that much of a load and time that starts to wear on you. And eventually, I think they would have been in danger of losing Luka if they didn't do something to get him some help. So I do feel like that's... um, a good get for Dallas from that. The basketball implications, I don't know. You know, you got to see that on, I have to see that on court to see. They're both ball centric. I got to see it on court to see how, because yeah. Luca's ball centric because he has to be. He has, right. he has exactly. no choice. He has no choice. He had no choice once they got rid of um, Brunson, right? He yes. You're the nail. You're the guy. And, and they definitely upgraded the Brunson situation. Kyrie's an upgrade, massive upgrade from Jalen Brunson. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, much better score, better, yeah, better everything. So no, no, no disrespect to Brunson, but it's a, it's, it's a night and day almost situation with those two guys. Um, but yeah, and and you know what? And that's the thing. So, and it's not like and, and the first round pick is for a twenty twenty nine pick. Yeah. Who, so uh, come on, come on. Man. Right. So Dallas, if you have to resign there, you, you didn't really get up a lot. You didn't, you know, you didn't break the bank. Right. You know, so. So if he doesn't resign with you, well, you've you still got you've got you've got obviously you got cap safe cleared down. You can go after another player or, or whatever. But yeah, that's not a bad trade for for and I wonder now. So I wonder if the real trade is going to happen. I wonder if they're going to trade KD now. I wonder what his you know. There's a lot of teams that are salivating. Man, the vultures start circling when they hear stuff like this. Um, so you know that right. there's the teams that are hoping he does. I don't know. I don't know, uh, because the problem with Kevin Durant, where he has a much different problem than Kyrie, is from one, the length of his contract that he's already signed to, and also the amount yeah. that teams would have to give up to give him to get him. So you can't go to another team that's a competitor because they're going to have to gut their team to get you. And uh, that's right. a problem if you're Kevin Durant. Yep. You're so good, bro, that teams are going to have to give away to half their team to sign you. So, Right, uh, right. No. I don't know, man. I don't know, but uh, that's that's nice for having that that needs actually come on the show versus us doing this show and it happening the next day like it tends to happen. Um, it's nice being able to to discuss that real quick. Uh, I, I when it comes to the coaching hires, these ne- I don't want to say there's absolutely nothing to see here on these coaching hires, but I don't know. Uh, Sean Payton going to Denver is a great get for Denver. Uh, I mean, the whatever they traded to get him, whatever. I'm not I'm I'm not super interested in that only because the problem they have here is Russell Wilson. And if Russell Wilson yeah. does not fix himself, none of this matters. None of this matters what you traded and get. You, you see what I'm saying? You would have sucked if Russell Wilson played the way he played last year. Even if you still had those picks that you gave up to the Saints, you still would have sucked. If Sean Payton comes over right. to your team and Russell is anywhere like he was last year, you're still going to suck. So um, right. unless there's changes in Russell Wilson and people are like, oh, Sean Payton, Sean can fix him. Russ has to fix himself. Sean can come there in there and set a culture. To say that, Russ, you're not above everybody else. Give me that office back and parking space. And get All that stuff has to come back. You haven't earned any of it. So maybe you can right. come in there and set a culture, that, that a strong, dominant culture like Parcells was able to do on his teams back in the day. He comes in, he's getting in the house, and nobody's arguing with that. Um, maybe you have that same kind of impact. But as far as the on-the-field impact, 
if Russell Wilson is still the same player, none of this matters. Denver's not going anyway. They gave up a lot to get Russell Wilson, and now your futures are kind of tied to him and his productivity. If he's not productive, having Sean Payton doesn't matter. Um, and with the D'Amico situation, same thing. You hired D'Amico. It's great you gave him this many years. I gave him six years, so he probably at least has three. Um, yep. It, none of this matters unless you get a quarterback, bro. I'm sorry. None of this matters. The fact that you played for Houston before they drafted you, you are a great player for them. It's cool that you're back there. It's cool they hired you. You need to go get a quarterback. And yep. everything is going to hinge on that. Like, who is your yep. quarterback going to be? Does that guy stay healthy? You see what I'm saying? Like, there's so many things that are out of some of these coaches' hands when they get hired. And at least with D'Amico, right. he's able to go in with draft picks and build a team, which I feel like is great because uh, a lot of times teams yeah. don't, you're, you're going to play with the other guys, guys. Yes, exactly. Yep. And and some high ones. So you have an opportunity here. D'Amico's got an opportunity. I like the D'Amico situation more than I like the Denver situation. Now, Denver yeah. has better is a much better team. They have skilled players there. they got a great defense. they got a good team. But that's the problem. Like, now what? When your team is that good and that that is what your result is, that's a harder problem to fix than we just have a bad team and now I got to hopefully get some draft picks to come in and fix it. I, this is similar to the Pelicans. Did you remember telling me the Pelicans how much I love the Pelicans uh, job when it was when the GM, we were talking about different jobs that I would love to have. And in the beginning of, the, of right. the NBA season, I told you the Pelicans for this same reason. Like I felt like they were ascending. They weren't a team that were stuck with veterans that aren't performing. They were a team that was, right. was ascending. So I view the Texans, they can turn things around in one draft with this many picks and have them, the picks be as high yeah. as they are. You can turn your team around right. in one draft if you just draft competently and at least start to turn a corner. Whereas with Denver, you, Russell Wilson, number three. There it is right there. Yeah. What does he do? If he doesn't do it for you, you have a great team that's just going to underperform again. That defense is amazing. And it's uh, yeah, doing them a disservice big. right now. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's the thing. And like at least Danico, he's got the pick of the litter for a quarterback coming out, right? It's yes. not that's a good thing. He's got he's got some good options for coming out quarterback. It's not like you've got not it's not even one like last year where it's like mm, there's a there's there's quarterbacks, but we don't know what they are. Right. And we still kind of we're, we're still, you know, I still don't know. Amazing. We still don't know. Yes. We still don't know. Those two guys <laughs> that came out last year, we still don't know, right? We're still yeah, we don't know. They can go either way. The best is Brock Purdy, year. right? Like, isn't that going to be safe? And he was picked last. Brock Purdy. He was the, Brock Purdy the, the best rookie. You could literally make that argument. He was the last quarterback taken. And let's just face it: if that they were, it's not like unless you watched the game, it wasn't like Philadelphia blew them out. It wasn't like like they they. It would have been much closer with Purdy out there, man. It would have much much exactly. So, um, but yeah, if I'm the if I'm seconds right, get my quarterback first. Fill in the blanks later. Get a quarterback first. Take it. You got that number two pick. Pick the guy you want. Pick the guy you want. Build around that guy. You got. You got. You already got your number one running back. Now give him some receivers. Get him offensive line. Build out your offensive first. Then worry about defense later. That's this would be my philosophy. You know, get build all that. Just offensive line. Get me a wide receiver. Get me everything I need to just get a good offense. Just be give me a competitive offense. Or we'll fill the blank of the defense later. You know, that that's kind of what I'll go with. But and, and you're right. And, and here's a here's my I'm going to switch back to the NBA. So now you've got with New Orleans, they got all those picks. 
do you make a do you try to make a grab for Kevin Durant with all those picks? You have so many options, man. You have so you, yeah. you have so many options you can do with an ascending team that with a team that with a veteran that's holding your franchise hostage. Yeah. Which is really what I feel like is happening in Denver right now. <laughs> I feel like you're yeah. you're you got a veteran guy who's taking up all the oxygen in the room and holding your franchise hostage because whatever you guys are going to be hinges on him so much and you're tied to him. There's nothing you can do about it. Like you got at least another nothing year or two with this guy. Yeah, that's it. Cause, it, cause that's a, at some point, if you're going to cut him, then you're just going to have to like, oh, it's going to be like Matt that Ryan cap hits him massive. Be, yeah. So you're just, you, you've got a whole, like I said, um, I can't, that's the same thing. If he can't, it, Sean Payton will know right away. If I can't pick him, if I can't get what I need out of him this next season, they're going to move on from him because you're going to, you're going to go with Sean Payton over. over yeah, absolutely. You know, I feel like this is the Sean Payton deal does say to us. Like we, at the end of the day, we're keeping him over you. Now there's, doesn't happen a lot in sports In sports. You don't get certain coaches where you're like, well, we're going to keep this coach over whatever said player is, but this is definitely one of them. If you're Denver, I'd rather be married to the Sean Payton than Russell Wilson. I'll tell you that because for a longevity standpoint, for one, Sean can coach longer than Russell can physically play. And for two, we've shown that he was able to build a winning culture. And maybe, or not maybe, you definitely want him to be able to do the same for you. And maybe that's with Russell. So we'll that's like more of a waiting see situation. We'll definitely get a chance to talk more about that. Uh, next week we'll be talking about LeBron. I'm pretty sure he's going to pass that record. So we'll have more oh, yeah. LeBron talk next week in uh, post Super Bowl. Or well, no, we won't talk Super Bowl probably to the week after because we're recording day of Super Bowl, so probably to talk week, Super Bowl week after. Uh, this is just a stats. Yeah. Check us out: Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. See you next time.